is the University of Michigan. Touchdown, Michigan! All right, welcome back to Blue by 90. I am Justin, joined by Jack and Kaylin, and it is Sunday, September 5th. Our first uh, official post-game uh, recording here, post-game podcast. Um, man, it was good to be back in the big house yesterday, I'll tell you that, folks. Um, I mean, it, I, if you whether you went to the game or watched the game, it was just good to have Michigan football back. Don't you think, boys? fucking awesome i was talking to uh i was dming with one of our followers and uh they're talking about how like washington sucked and michigan looked so good and i was like man as a fan like i feel like i have a renewed energy just from that game like seeing big plays seeing guys get to the edge seeing defense make adjustments i mean it it was just fucking awesome it was awesome it was just great to like be able to like bathe in that energy right like I wasn't in the game, but just being outside the stadium, like it was just great to see so many people out wearing Mason blue. Oh, I, I loved it. It felt like, I mean, it was just like back to normal, which is, I, I don't know. We haven't had that in so long. And obviously I had an anticipation for what it would be like, but it still just like, I don't know. There's just a different feeling when you have, when you go and tailgate, and you're around the stadium and there's a hundred thousand people that are all wearing the same gear as you and cheering for the same team. I, I, there's just something about that, that college football brings. I saw one tweet out there that was like, there isn't any other sport in the world that brings an energy like Brit uh, that needs an energy of fans more than college football does. Uh, and I agree. I mean, I think that, between that and like European soccer or something like that. I was like going to say soccer, maybe soccer, maybe. Yeah. Like those two, I mean, it just, I don't know the band you hear, it's just so different, you know? And so, uh, you know, I think that to your point, Kalen too, seeing those big plays, we, ne- we didn't see a lot of big plays last season, obviously no fans then too. And that was a big deal, but outside of the Minnesota game, there wasn't a whole lot to cheer for right all year. And so seeing them even though it's western michigan seeing them you know have explosive plays throw deep passes have long runs you know it's just like man it felt good to be back and and it it felt good to have michigan play a good football game uh and win soundly agreed yeah Yeah. can't argue with that there you go all right well um let's start with uh you know the quarterback situation I thought that Cade McNamara played really well. I thought that he commanded the offense really well. He looked about as poised as you can get. I mean, that's his first start in front of uh, 100,000, in front of any fans at all. Um, And he didn't seem to be nervous. He seemed like he was a veteran kind of guy. Um, and, And so he actually made more plays than I thought he would, too. That was what was surprising to me. Like, I thought that he'd make the easy throws and then miss some of the, you know, tougher ones, but he dropped some dimes. The the long ball to Ronnie Bell before he got hurt. Um, he, he dropped a couple uh, to, to, I mean, some different guys out there. So I was pretty impressed with Cade. what do you guys think? 
Yeah, I think – I mean, I, I know everybody's very excited about J.J. McCarthy and the touchdown pass he had to Dale and Baldwin, but Cade made all the plays he was supposed to, made all the reads he was supposed to, was dropping dimes to receivers. He, he's like, no question about it, QB1, there should be no debate about it. I thought he played more than – better than expected at least at least in my eyes what from what i expected from him like you said i mean he hit he threw the deep ball better than i expected um and he has made the right decisions so i mean for me i I love kate at qb1 and um excited to see what he can do the rest of the season but i don't don't think there's any sort of debate for anybody that wants to see jj out there there kate's qb1 and it's not even close yeah i think we kind of touched on this uh last time we recorded maybe a couple times ago um i mean he looked to me like Jake Rudock, and mm-hmm. I love that. So I'm like, maybe hey. even better in that in, in the in their first game at Michigan. Maybe even better than yeah, definitely. They well, do, I guess not his first game, but they legitimately but he, look similar too, right? They have they both have the exact same sleeves that are like kind of cut off, but not like uh, not know, like tight. The tight sleeves. Yeah, yeah, like they look very similar too. But yeah, I know we talked about it before. Like, if he can be Jake Rudock, Michigan can be a good team. Like you just need a quarterback that's going to make the right decision, get the ball in the hands of your athletes. And, you know, if you can throw a ball 40 yards deep right on the money, I mean, you're golden. You don't need to throw it 50, 60 yards every time. I mean, we know that we saw it. Yeah. And I thought that's exactly what he did. He just kind of did the right reads, made the right throws when he needed to. That's all I can ask for. Totally. I, I, I was very impressed with Cade McNamara. Honestly, I was um, I was pretty impressed with this offense overall. I thought that there. I'll start with the kind of downers. Um, I thought that the offensive line started very slow. Um, I think that they struggled early on in the run block game. Um, and for you know when Josh Gaddis comes out and says we want our identity identity to be running the ball I would have thought that we would have gotten a better push from our O-line running between the tackles running between the tackles it seemed like it took a while for them to start opening up some holes you know they did later on you know Haskins had a great run up the middle for a touchdown Um, Coram had some runs up the middle as well that opened up Um, but I thought that they kind of got pushed around early which I was surprised at Um, It seemed like when we did have success running the ball, especially early, it was around the edge, you know, whether it was a reverse to to AJ Henning or, you know, uh, just running around the edge in a swing pass or something like that. You know, it wasn't it it wasn't like we dominated, you know, in between the tackles and and just shoved it down their throat like I thought that we might. I mean, I'll, I'll agree with you to them starting off slow. I think eventually, I mean, I, I remember thinking at halftime, I was like, man, they were making, they're creating good holes. The running backs were patient. They had great runs. I mean, Corum and Haskins both had at least a couple unbelievable runs in the first half. So um, I thought the offensive line looked good. I do agree. They started off slow. So hopefully that was just like first game start off slow and then they'll be good from here on out. Cause yeah, if they want to establish a run, you don't want them coming out, you know, two yards rush, three yard rushes. And then you're, you know, you're not really, that's not really establishing it. So um, I thought they did well, man. Running backs, it's fucking awesome. We can save this for later. I'm sure it'll be a whole conversation, but I don't even know who the running back number one is anymore. I mean, it it was, it it was a lot of fun to watch, uh, to watch those guys go kind of back and forth. I I didn't hate the rotation. I didn't hate the rotation. I was pretty happy with it. Yeah, I actually, thought the running game was just very solid all game um 
I mean, I was actually surprised. I had to go back and watch a replay. Um, but I think that first offensive drive on the first play, they had um, the standard starting line in, and then they also put like Zach Zinter on the end to block as well. And I was like, okay, so we're putting the big heavies up here trying to get this run game established right out the gate. So, I mean, that I thought that was kind of interesting. And then just the way that it felt like, to me, Blake Corum just totally took over the running game <laughs> throughout. Was I was glad to see that. I was super surprised by how good Blake Corum was. Not, uh, not that I should have been surprised because he's jacked. And, I mean, it's not like I, I didn't think that he's a good back. But I thought that Haskins was a, a good deal ahead of him in that race. But I thought, to your point, Jack, I, I don't know if there's a one and a two there. I think it's one A, one B. Um, I mean, it's Corum, even like a one A, B and one A, B, one. Like, it, like they're, <laughs> they're, it's, it's incredible, man. Like, I mean, because Haskins, don't get me wrong, he, he ran the ball really, really well, and he ran it really tough. Like, exactly what you expect from Haskins. But Quorum, I mean, he can run it tough. He's fast as hell. He is um, agile, quick. I mean, speedy. He's patient. Like he, he's everything you want in a running back. And it's just like it's hard to take that away from Haskins. Yeah. Because he, he's he's good as well. He's really good. It's not like he's not doing a great job. So I think uh, that's just a tough one, man. But it's it's great to have two really good backs. And I yep. love that we didn't see Edwards until it was almost like kind of garbage time. Like keep yep. it one A, one B. Like put in Edwards, you know, once once the game kind of gets out of hand, there's no need to force him into a three back rotation. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, too, because like I was glad to see Edwards in the game, uh, mm-hmm. but I'm glad they didn't use him till, you know, it was like, all right, let's get the the twos and threes some experience. Right. I felt like if this was last year, or even the year before, like the carries would have been all over the running back room, right? You would have seen Edwards. Mm-hmm. You would have seen Dunlap, all these other guys. It's like, no, no, no. Let's keep it down to number one and number two or number mm-hmm. one, ABC and two and, and one right. ABAC <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it felt, I felt like it, um, I, I don't know. Corum's explosiveness, how quickly he gets to the line of scrimmage and through the line of scrimmage I was incredibly impressed. Haskins is more of a patient runner, you know, which is, is useful as well. Obviously like a Le'Veon Bell kind of type. Um, I think he's not as patient as Le'Veon, but still he's not like going to just, you know, get to the line as quick as possible. But there were a couple of times where Corum saw, you know, the skinniest little hole and went for it and got through. I mean, he's so little too still that he can squeeze through a lot of those spaces, but he can get around the edge too, which is he's, he's a true, like all around back. It seems. Yeah. And it's not like he's an all around back. That's like decent at everything. He's an all around back. That's really fucking good right. at everything. And, and that was the thing too. Like you said, like he can, like he sees that little hole and he can just burst straight through it. And then he can also, I mean, there was one, I can't remember who was hiding behind, but he's hiding behind the lineman. And he's like, all right, where's the better hole going to be right or left. And he took it, he took it inside and it was like a 10, 15 yard gain. So um, he can be patient as well. I mean, I, right now I'm just like, we have two really good fucking running backs and I, and I love it. Oh yeah. Talk about good problem to have. <laughs> Right. For sure. I think this offense does have good problems to have, you know, right now, for sure. I, I thought the the biggest thing overall that stood out to me was 
they scored on big plays. They had yes. a ton of explosives, big plays. That is what we've been missing for quite some time here under Jim Harbaugh and especially under Josh Gaddis. We all thought when Gaddis came to town, it was going to be like, you know, Ohio State's offense where you score on 50-yard plays, you know, regularly, yep. which let's go back to Friday night or, yeah, fr- Thursday, Friday, Thursday, Thursday night when night. Ohio State played. Oh, my God. I, I don't really want to talk about it too much, but that offense is insane. Insane. And even and they started very, very slow, too. They started kind of caught on. I mean, it was like the Ohio State we're used to seeing, right? Like deep ball, receivers wide open because they're so fucking yep. fast and talented. And CJ Stroud just had to fucking throw it in the air, and they were going to go get it. Yeah, totally. So I, I thought <sighs> this offense was really close. I mean, they're not. I'm not going to go out and say that they're as good as Ohio State's offense, but – it looked like a, a version of Ohio State's offense where you were having big plays. I mean, what were the the yardages on the uh, on our you know long touchdowns? I felt like it wasn't like we were punching it in all the time. We scored from mm-hmm. I know AJ Hennings was a seventy something yard touchdown. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ronnie, Ronnie Bell was fifty or sixty yards. I think. I mean, yeah, they were he, in their own side of the field. Even Haskins and Corum, I believe, had. Um, you know, had long runs as well. 20, 30 20 plus. touchdown runs, yeah. Yeah. So I I like to see that where it, it feels like that's what's been kind of, you know, nagging us in the past where, like, if we get down, then we have no way to turn it up and score quickly. You know, that's what you want. And if, if this defense at some point gets Michigan down and they're, you know, down 14 or something – this offense now can score quickly. You know, obviously we're we're talking just against Western Michigan, so we still have Correct. to see what's going to happen when they get to a Big Ten team. But all in all, I I love how you know how explosive this offense was. Yeah, and and to bring that up, yes, this is against Western Michigan. I think the biggest tell of you know why a big reason of why those big plays happened is just the disparity in athleticism. Michigan had the much better athletes and that showed and you should beat teams when you're playing teams like Western, you should beat them handily like that. But that's where like, once you get in the games that like you're talking about getting big 10 season, that's when you like kind of see where the coaching comes into play and, you know, using your athletes the right way. It's more so on the coaches where on this, this way, the play calling. Yes. Very, very important. But when you've got better athletes, you should be able to make plays like that. And, and Michigan did. And I think that's part of like, Josh Gaddis's offensive game plan on these types of games against these teams with lesser talent. He's like, look, I know I got guys who are bigger and stronger than the other guys. That's why I'm going to run the ball so heavily this game. I mean, it says Cade McNamara only threw 11 passes. So, I mean, when you just have guys who are bigger and stronger, you can wear out the other team. And I think that's probably part of the game plan there. So in terms of seeing explosive plays going forward, I would be very curious to see how they perform against a, a more talented defense. For sure. For sure. And I, I want to, I, I think Josh Gaddis deserves a lot of praise for, for this game specifically. Um, you know, I think a lot of people have harped on Josh Gaddis, us included. Right. But play calling wise, I was really impressed with Josh Gaddis. I thought that he was creative. I thought I didn't know what was coming next. You know, from whereas we've been really predictable in the past, I I didn't know what was going to come next. It was, you know, is Coram going to run the ball? Is Haskins going to run the ball? Are you going to do a sweep? Are you going to do a reverse? Are you going to throw it deep? Are you going to throw a crossing route? 
screens, anything. They had a lot of motions in there. I, I thought between his play calling and his rotations, I, I really liked what Josh Gaddis uh, put together for a game plan yesterday. Um, and so he deserves a lot of praise. And, and so I want to go through the, uh, the stats for, for the offense as well. Um, as you were mentioning it, Kalen, Cade McNamara, nine for 11. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, unbelievable percentage there. Uh, and for 136 yards, two TDs, uh, you know, a 245 rating. Uh, so I've got a question. I've got a question about this. Yeah. So you were, you were the football player, you know, kind of this, but you know, this better than, than Kalen and I do, but sure. with that offensive pass interference call, does that count as an incompletion for Cade? Um, or is that just like a, wash? I think it's a it's no like play. A okay. I think it wipes out the play. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Uh, also, that was a bullshit call. Great catch by Ronnie Bell. Oh, that was yeah. a catch that, of the that year. Been catch of the year. Yeah. Catch of the year, no doubt. How the fuck was that pass interference? They weren't even like arm battling. There was no like back and forth. I'm so confused. I, d- I did see some hand fighting, but but even the defender like looked be- like when that flag was thrown, the defender like, looked around and was like, did I was fucking like, get a call yeah. for that? Like he wasn't expecting <laughs> that for Ronnie Bell. Yeah. Like nobody. I, I mean, that was just awful. That was Dude. just fucking awful call. That, that was, was awful call, but that was OBJ like with one hand. He caught that like it was a tennis it ball. Stuck. That yeah. was sweet. <laughs> oh yeah, that was Fucking that was man. incredible. Um, so and and then JJ didn't you know did similar. Obviously not in it for as long, but four for six with one TD. That pass was. I mean, he showed off everything that he could be right there. Yeah. You know, for for him to do that on day one as a freshman. You, you can tell he's going to be special someday. He, I still – I think Cade is, is still QB1 for sure. But J.J. is going to be, going to be very special someday. Um, and then on the, on the rushing front, Blake Corum, 14 carries for 111 yards, average of 7.9. That's pretty damn good as well. Love it. I mean, averaging eight yards a carry, that, that's pretty damn good. And then Haskins, 13 carries. Uh, for 70 yards, he was definitely, I thought, used more between the tackles, and that's why his average was down. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, pretty much identical, uh, you know, rushing, rushing attempts there. Um, so, uh, like you guys said, you know, we're, we're looking at, obviously, you have some, uh, you know, A.J. Henning had one carry for 74 yards. Roman Wilson, <laughs> one carry for 43 yards. Uh, you know, so other than that, though, you know, you're looking at an, a pretty even split of almost 30 carries between Haskins and uh, and Corum, which I really like that rotation. Um, and then uh, Donovan Edwards came in. I think Donovan Edwards is going to be special someday too. He's definitely number three on the depth chart right now, and I I love what you guys said. Where I, I'm so glad they didn't try and be cute and put you know split a few you know get him five carries in the first half or something like that. Um, but he looked really good too. Six carries for 27 yards, average of 4.5 yards a carry. Um, I, I thought he was pretty explosive around the edge as well. Um, and then receiving, uh, you, you know, what, what were Donovan Edwards' stats? Because for me, when I was watching the game, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't see a whole lot that made me think he was going to be super special. I do think he's going to be very, very talented, but I, I don't remember seeing anything that really stood out to me. There were, well, I just read off his stats. I don't know if you are listening, Edwards. But- I don't think you did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, six six carries for twenty seven yards, four point five yards a carry. Okay, so not not bad. No, I mean his long his long was nine, 
nine yards. So okay. nothing, nothing special on the stat sheet. There was honestly, I, I mean, it wasn't like I saw anything like I saw with JJ with that throw. There was just a couple times where I saw him be pretty explosive around the edge. Um, I, I thought that he, he's going to get there someday for sure. Oh, for sure. For sure. So I, I don't, I don't see JJ or Edwards really contributing to this team outside of like garbage time this year, um, which is which fine. is fine, right? Yeah, they're totally. two freshmen. You don't need to put them in, right? You know they'll they'll have their time. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then on the receiving end, Ronnie Bell with the long that was uh, one catch for seventy six yards. Um, should have been two catches. Yeah. Dalen Baldwin one catch for sixty nine yards. Nice. Uh, Eric Hall. Three for 23. Uh, Corum had a couple swing passes for 22 yards. Uh, Cornelius Johnson, two catches for 15. A.J. Henning, one for 11. Edwards, one for three. Uh, and that's about it. Um, I love seeing it get spread around, though, for the receivers. That's great. Nobody had more than three catches. Eric Hall led the, led the team three catches for 23 yards. Hey, man, that's fine with me. Because there hey. was a play that's I can't. It was the Ronnie Bell touchdown catch, and this is what happened: is they were I think they had three guys on fucking uh, Dan Orlovsky like went in on the broadcast on Western because they had three guys on Eric Hall, and there was man to man coverage on Ronnie Bell, and he's like, "Of course, Cade's gonna throw to him. You got your best receiver, best athlete going deep, and you got three guys on fucking tight end. Yep, throw it deep, and and then it was a fucking touchdown. So I loved that. I love that. I, like if that means if you're primary targets are the tight ends and that means it's going to open it up for your receivers that means more big plays and and i'm all for it i think there's huge positive news in that stat line too do you realize that the player with the most receptions is eric all who literally couldn't catch the ball last year that's true so it's kind of like to me i look at that and i go like oh my gosh talk about someone who was in the lab all offseason trying to catch the ball again you know and he's a he's a big dude I mean, he's, he's not a small guy, and he's put on a little bit of weight since he came to Michigan. I mean, he could be – I think he could be really, really good. I, I saw him at the, uh, the pet student pep rally on Thursday and without pads or anything. He's head and shoulders above anybody else on the team. He's oh, yeah. very large. Um, I mean, obviously, Aiden Hutchinson is up there with him too, but he, he's a big dude, big mm-hmm. dude for sure. Um, no, I, I mean, the, the thing about those receiving stat lines too – is there's a ton of yardage in there, but not many receptions. So I love how they maximize, you know, each one of those plays, each one of those catches. It wasn't like we were dinking and dunking all day long. They took shots deep. Obviously they made those plays, but I, I just loved it. I felt like in the past, you know, we were trying to do a million crossing routes or little out routes or whatever. And it's like, you get four yards, a, you know, every time. No, they went deep a lot. And, and the one to Ronnie Bell, that was an absolute dime. Uh, the, the one to, uh, to, to Roman Wilson. Um, no, not Roman Wilson. I don't know what I'm saying. But, um, <laughs> no, I mean, Cage just made some really good throw, throws, I thought. I just I love that. I, I, I was very impressed with the offense all around. Yeah. Yeah, nothing to be upset about. It was just, which is strange. I think we were all before the season kind of going like, I don't know, man. This offense, Josh Gaddis got one more chance to prove it, and you know, all this other stuff. But also, so, not yeah. to not to do this and be that guy, but this is exactly how we felt against after Minnesota last <laughs> oh, year. Oh, you're so right. 
You're so I, I know we I know we're excited about it and we're, and we're I think I think we're guarded a little bit and you know still even after it's a good game my expectations for the season haven't changed at all but um yeah Michigan offense looked really good defense looked to make adjustments which was great to see but again let's see what happens in October yeah so we're gonna we're gonna be guarded we're gonna do our best to be guarded until <laughs> it's September. I'm sure if Michigan wins every game through September and they do it handily against the teams they're supposed to my hype level is going to increase definitely exponentially. I'm, I am. I mean, you, we've seen the meme go around. I am so ready to get hurt again. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm there. I'm ready. It's (laughs) I am building it all up. I'm excited. I mean, you just heard us just rave about this offense for 15 minutes straight. And uh, yeah. So when Cade starts throwing picks and we can't run the ball against Wisconsin or something, (laughs) you know, come back to this podcast and you can call us all idiots. Um, oh, they do that already. Yeah, they do. I hope so. Deserve <laughs> um, it. So the uh, on the defensive side of the ball, um, you know, I I don't think I was as impressed with the the defense as the offense, especially after uh, you know hearing from camp that the defense really you know took it to the offense a lot of times and stuff like that. Um, you know, the bad things to bring up to bring up first, I I thought that early on and and even throughout the third quarter a little bit. They they got caught with some uh, with some crossing routes with some some routes that should have been covered and, and it's like it was like one of those things where we were inches away from getting to the QB and then he'd find somebody right at the last second um, and so some of those I, I just thought that we were a step behind on a, on a few of those routes um, with our DBs coming across the middle and things like that um, but all in all I thought player of the game Dax Hill hundred percent. No doubt. What do you guys for, think for of defense, Dax's play? For defense, for defense yeah. Dax Hill, 100% player of the game. We, I mean, we saw him, you know, come off blocks and make tackles at the line of scrimmage or behind the line of scrimmage. He was breaking up passes. I mean, he, he was doing everything. He was doing everything we expected Dax Hill to do, kind of in maybe not as much in Don Brown's defense, but it looks like McDonald has really given Dax Hill the freedom to showcase his abilities, and he's putting him in great situations. Yeah, I think he had he had that one block, I think, or like shook off that one block and he literally like threw the opponent like to the ground. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, my gosh. And he did that a couple times. It was Jabril like. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Maybe Um, not as explosive as Jabril, but but he's very I mean, he's up there with, you know, being all over the field. I, I agree with that. What do you guys think of him playing more, not that deep safety role, but playing up on, you know, the slot guy a little bit more? Honestly, I can't say I noticed it too much or paid too much attention to it. Um, I like him. I, I like him kind of on the edges as a corner to kind of keep that locked down. But um, I don't know, man. He's he's clearly our best athlete on defense in the secondary. So wherever they put him and they feel like he needs to be, I'm, I'm, I think that's where you got to put him. I mean, you got to put him on the best man, on the best player. Yep. Yeah, I can't. I'm not mad because whatever they did, it seemed to work pretty well. <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree. I think you kind of have him as a roamer a little bit. And and like you said, like mirror their best player. If somebody, you know, let's say there's a there's, there's a Chris Olave, you know, or or something like that. Unfortunately, Ohio State has like four, uh, right. you know, just top wide receivers. So you can't have four Dax Hills. Um, but I think that if you if there is a clear number one guy on the offense, they're going to try and uh, get Dax Hill on him. Uh, at all times so I thought that was good I thought Aiden Hutchinson the one time 
I thought he was literally just going to take the ball from the quarterback out of his hands and start running with it <laughs> on that one sack. That was Dude. unreal. He like dove at him. Like I, I couldn't imagine being that quarterback. I would have nightmares on that <laughs> fucking strip sack that he had. I mean, that was, he literally just like fucking looked like he was a fucking Wolverine jumping on the guy, grabbing the ball. It, it was incredible. <laughs> I got so hyped when that happened. That was textbook. Yeah. But to, but to your point, bro, there was a couple times where Hutchinson, I mean, he beat the tackle right off the line of scrimmage, but there was either an open guy downfield or, or something happened where Hutchinson didn't have enough time to get to the quarterback. And, and that happened on multiple occasions where he could have had sacks, but it was just, you know, there were guys open. So if, if Vincent Gray and Jamon Green can, can really lock things down, that'll definitely, I mean, it'll obviously help the line get to the quarterback. Um, just gives them a little extra time. But uh, I think Vincent Gray had a couple really good plays and he had a couple really bad plays. It's kind of hit or miss. He had, he wasn't really very consistent. And um, Jamon Green, I think, did all right. I don't remember any really bad plays that where he was kind of exposed. And I know he was a good DB for us last year. So I'm excited to see kind of what he can do. If they can step it up and just keep improving throughout the season, I don't think they'll ever get to Dax Hill's level. But if they can be like a Channing Stribling type, I would be very, very happy with that. Yeah, I was interested to even see – Vincent Gray out there after I felt like I kept reading so much about how he was getting beat out by other guys on the roster. I was like, man, this he's just like falling down the death chart more and more. And then I saw him out there yesterday. And I, I think like you're saying, Jack, I think he had a couple plays uh, where he actually made a play. And I was like, oh, he's out there. He seems all right. He kind of got picked on maybe a couple times, but um, I didn't think that he was like a detriment to the team. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I thought that the linebackers and the secondary was both improved. You know, once again, we're we're talking against Western Michigan, so I, I we're still going to need to see it. But I thought they were improved from last year. Um, I, I thought Nikai Hill Green had a great game. I thought Josh Ross had a had a solid game as well. Um, you know, both those guys stepped up. I, I think that you know our predictions. Toward, before you know before the season was that the two weakest uh uh you know groups uh position groups were the offensive line and the defensive secondary i still think those two things are true um i i, I don't think we're gonna see those uh those two position groups really just like ball out this year it's more so they both need to not be a liability Right. So I'm hoping that they will, you know, keep improving uh, throughout the year and we'll see how that goes. Can only hope for the best there. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So uh, what did you, I mean, Mike McDonald, what, what did you think about? We, we were just kind of talking about the defense, obviously, but, you know, brand new coach. I, I, he was down on the field. Um, I don't know. I couldn't see a whole lot from inside the stadium. I don't know if they showed him on the field or, or showed anything. Did the, did you see anything from Mike McDonald? I didn't really see anything. No, I, I was telling Kalen yesterday, trying to get the, those highlights up on Twitter. I had my TV in real time <laughs> and then I had my laptop up with a 15 second delay. So anytime I saw a play, I was able to get my phone out, record it on my laptop and then put it up. So I, I missed Look a lot at of you like, working. Uh, I was working, man. <laughs> Phenom uh, over here. I um so I missed a lot of like the the little things that kind of yeah. like happened in between plays. So I, I don't I don't really know, but I'm I'm not upset with the first game. Again, it's against Western, like doesn't really tell you a whole lot. Um but I'm not I'm not mad. 
I'm not mad. Yeah, I think they maybe like offhandedly showed him once and the announcer or whatever was just like, oh, yeah, there's Mac McDonald, new DC. And that was it. So nothing crazy. All right. Well, we'll take it. I mean, I think that what what did you guys think about Jim? Obviously, they show Jim quite often on the sideline. You know, he was pumping up Cade McNamara, um, which is which is his thing. Right. And so um, it felt like a little bit different, Jim. I know we've talked about it. We've heard about it, all that stuff. Um, I felt like that energy that we've talked about, uh, you know, not only from Jim, but from all the other coaches in the team, it felt real. You know, I don't know if that was just because there were st- uh, fans in the stands. It felt, you know, back to normal, things like that. But it felt like this team was juiced up a little bit. It felt like they were excited and having fun out there. And maybe it was maybe a lot of it at the end of the last season was just like they forgot what it was like to go out and have fun. Right. And so I think that this game it was good for this program. Go out there, get a good victory. Everybody gets in. Everybody's playing well. They have fun. This The fans are cheering them on. It feels like they're, you know, the fan base is behind them again and not coming at their throats. I, I don't know. I thought the energy was great. So I didn't I didn't notice too much from the coaches again. Like I said, like kind of a, if it wasn't on the field, I was kind of missing it. But um, there was a play where I think it was a third down and either Tyler Morris had a pass breakup or a sack or something happened. And you just saw the whole defense kind of just like get fucking hyped up on the field. Love that. And I noticed that, I mean, that was something I don't remember seeing at all last year. Um, so that was huge. I saw that energy from the players and I was like, that's fucking cool. Let's go. They're having a good time. They're making plays. They're supporting each other. Um, and they're having, having fucking fun doing it, man. Like, that's what football is all about. So I, I noticed that, and I loved it. And, again, Tyler Morris might be our second favorite player, obvious, obviously behind the boy Dan Valari, because he wears number 90. He wears number 90, and we got to support <laughs> that guy for sure. True. True, true. Um, yeah, I, I felt like that. those types of things hadn't happened in a while. You know, you didn't see that happening last year. Obviously, there weren't many moments down the stretch to uh, to celebrate. Um, but I feel like these guys do like really like each other. They're cheering for each other. Um, you know, I don't. Did you notice anything on JJ's uh, throw? Um, did he? Did did the people? I'm assuming the the sidelines went nuts for that too, right? I I again, I I missed it. You did, you were clipping it. You were clipping. <laughs> I clipped it, so I, so I missed it. But I, I'll, I'll I, the, crowd, the crowd for sure was fucking. I remember hearing the crowd just fucking roar as soon as he he broke that tackle. They kind of got up and got a little excited, and then once that throw was like let go, you heard people kind of rise up a little bit, and then once Baldwin caught it and was running, man, I heard the stadium explode. I mean, you were in there, so I mean, you definitely heard it from the inside. I mean, that's oh, yeah. that was fucking cool to hear that kind of excitement again and that build up i mean the last time i remember hearing something like that just off the top of my head it makes me think of ju chesson opening kickoff for northwestern back in 2015 you just heard the crowd just fucking erupt man like that that was so cool to hear that back in the stadium and seeing like jj like have the ability to improvise like that like Mm-hmm. that reminded me of like denard robinson right mm-hmm. and yeah. that like the way the crowd cheered like reminded me of denard doing some crazy improvised play right so that was also really cool yeah that's I mean, where love, I, I was i love i love Cade, right like he like he's not that guy he's not that guy he's not gonna run around and make a play happen i mean maybe he can but his thing is you know making the right read getting into the pocket 
going through your progressions and, and really getting out there where JJ seems to be more of a playmaker. Like that's what we're going to kind of see from him. He's more of an athlete and you'll see those kind of big, exciting plays. Um, but yeah, man, that, that's just fucking fun to see at the quarterback position for Michigan, because that's what we expected from Shea Patterson. Didn't see much of it because he kind of changed after Ole Miss, it seemed like, and maybe that's Michigan putting handcuffs on him. I mean, we don't really know what it is, but, uh, but I like to see that, that happen. That's for sure. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I feel like for the first time in a while, we can legitimately say we have two good quarterback options, right? For yeah. sure. And then, you know, obviously Dan Villari should be QB1, but that's another story. Um, Interesting to see him go. I, I, I feel like depth chart-wise, a lot of people expected him to be fourth behind Bowman. And it was, I, I mean, it was cool for us. Obviously, we're fans of him. It's obviously cool for us to see him as QB3. But yeah. interesting that Bowman didn't get in the game at all. I know. At all. Didn't get a snap. Yeah. Very interesting. That was, that was something. I mean, he, he can say whatever he wants, you know, when he was saying that he wants to be the starter and stuff, obviously, you know, but I don't, I just thought, all right, for a dude that put up stats in the Big 12, like you're not even going to get a snap. And I was shocked. In a, yeah. in a 47 to 10 game, like that's kind of crazy. I mean, not even before JJ. Yeah. You know, like you think he, maybe he's the vet. They'll save JJ a little bit. I, I don't know. Interesting. Well, you also, yeah, you thought that I would think that, all right, I would maybe want a vet that has experience to go in and, you know, get some experience just in case something happens. Right. right. Like with you the ones. get them in with I, the ones just in case. I don't, I don't know if I want JJ in at Penn state, you know, coming in, if Cade gets hurt and like, he's in there under pressure for the first time in a like true real situation. You know, I, I would maybe want Alan Bowman or obviously if, if Alan Bowman isn't that talented, then that's, that's, you know, right. I, I more so wanted to see, like, I don't, I mean, obviously Bowman's a veteran. He's been around, he's played in big games in the big 12. I was more so interested in just seeing what he can do on the field. Cause I right. I've only seen like highlight tapes, right. That's where you see the best plays. You don't really see everything. So I'm curious to see what he actually does on the field. That's why I was kind of hoping he'd get in. Um, but yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe he just doesn't stack up to, you know, McCarthy and, and Kate. I mean, we know McCarthy's a, a five-star guy, so clearly everybody, you know, the talent seems to be on McCarthy's side, but yeah. I, I would have liked to see Bowman just so as a fan, we kind of know what to expect if he does get into the game. But yeah. that kind of what, what that shows me, if he's not in the game, game one, when you're up by that much, I, I wouldn't expect him to get in at all. But, you know, maybe there's just a different plan in place. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? All right. Um, so I guess so to your to your point earlier, Jack, I don't think I'm changing any predictions uh, for the season mm -hmm. off yeah. of based off of this one game. You know, I, I think that. Uh, what I can tell from this game is that it's the season probably won't be a disaster. Right. Yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be a six and six, five and seven type year. I think we yeah, I think we can confirm that from the game. Yes, I agree. I'm not going to say, oh, now they're 10 and two, right. but I, I think that it's pretty safe to say it's not going to be an absolute disaster where we lose to Washington, lose to Nebraska, lose to, lose to you know, a lot of bad teams. Um, the other reason why I say that, and let's, let's talk about the uh, around the Big Ten. The Big Ten didn't look – there were not many teams that looked great. 
this no. this in the in week one. And obviously there were quite a few Big Ten Big Ten matchups. You know, for a week one, that's got to This has got to be the first time that there was what? Let's see, Ohio State, Minnesota, Michigan State, mm-hmm. uh, Northwestern, Northwestern, Indiana, Iowa, Penn State, Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah, Indiana, Iowa, man, I was shocked by that game, dude. Uh, I Indiana can't even put one score into the end zone yeah, one time, and there were I'm pretty sure there were two pick sixes from Penix. Same dude, the same dude for Iowa had two pick sixes. He had only had two interceptions in his career. <laughs> Did not expect that out of Indiana at all. So I mean, that all of a sudden that game is very different on Michigan's schedule. You know, that was a, a chalked up as a definitive L, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought that both Wisconsin and Penn State, neither of them could score against each other. Maybe they both have sweet defenses. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. But I would have thought that for, um, uh, you know, Graham Mertz and that offense that looked pretty good when they were rolling last year before COVID and stuff. Um, I don't know if those two teams are elite either. Um, I thought Ohio state looked suspect in the first half, uh, and then obviously turned it on in the second. I was really impressed by MSU. Sad to say that I, it hurts me to say that, but they looked pretty damn good. I I was talking to Mike Selly. Um, he texted me a little bit the other day, uh, before Michigan played and I I passed out before the Michigan state game. So I didn't really watch it. I woke up the next morning, saw they won. I was like, all right, cool. And uh, apparently they're pretty excited about that running back. I'm not sure what his stats were, but I heard he had a big game. So I he might need two, to go back and rewatch it. He had 24 carries for 260 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, after you saw the way Western ran the ball against Michigan yesterday, that, that makes me nervous. For yeah. sure. <laughs> makes me real fucking nervous. I, I mean, <laughs> you can you can do – if you can run the ball like that, uh, first of all, let me clarify. I think Northwestern stinks. Stinks okay. bad. But – I still think if you can run the ball like that, then you can control pretty much every game, right? So I, I was impressed. I was also impressed by MSU just being, like, cleaned up. They didn't make stupid mistakes. They weren't, like, you know, didn't have turnovers, penalties like they've had in the past few years. So I think Tucker has – he does have them on the right path. That one is now all of a sudden an interesting game, I think. Um, you know, and we'll see what happens the rest of the, of the way here. I don't, I don't think it was, uh, I think Northwestern's not that great of a team, but I don't think people were expecting for MSU to just go in there and route them on the road. Right. Yeah, I agree. I wasn't expecting it. That's for sure. So, yeah, I was hoping there was still a dumpster fire and somehow yeah. they put that fire out and bought a new dumpster. I guess so. I guess so. Um, well that we're, you know, Michigan's going to have to show up to that game. That's no doubt. Um, Nebraska came out and beat Fordham 52 to seven. I didn't know Fordham had a football team. Huskers um, are back, baby. Let's go. Scott Frost. Scott Frost is back. <laughs> That's his 13th win in four years. Congrats, dude. Um, yeah. Iowa, Indiana, 34 to six. Holy shit. Okay, That's an wow. Um, let's see. Uh, Rutgers. Rutgers had a blowout win, didn't they? Did they? they weren't big against – I don't know. I mean, I don't know if they played Temple. anybody legit. Tem- uh, I mean, Temple's a um, respectable program, 61-14. right? 61-14. I mean, wow. that's that's big for Rutgers, points man. has got to be a record for them. 
I mean, for anybody, 61, that's huge. But That's a lot Rutgers, of points. Yeah, I haven't seen big. Rutgers put up 61 in, like, since they, you know, had the first football team back in, like, 1806. Greg Schiano's back, man. Rutgers, <laughs> I mean, I shit. do think that they're building that program up pretty uh, good. Yeah, I, I don't they think should. They're the first ever college football program, right? Something like that. Birthplace yeah. college football, that's what they go by. Birthplace, yeah. I don't understand this, though, that Rutgers – Put 61 points on the board, but the QB only had 148 yards. What? Maybe some defenses. T- but he also could have been pulled real quick. Oh, okay. Sure. I mean, what? how many yards did McNamara have? Only like 100 and something. Yeah, so he could get pulled quick. Maybe they're running the ball. I don't know. I didn't 27 look stats, That's attempts. what I'd assume. 27 oh, wow. attempts? Jeez, that's weird. Yeah, they must have had a lot of defensive touchdowns. <laughs> or they must have just ran or... the shit out of the ball. Yeah, ran the shit out of the ball. Wow, 61, though. That's that's a big number. Yeah. Um, Purdue beat Oregon State 30-21. to 21. I think Oregon okay. State's a bad football program, but yeah. uh, they, I still – that's not a, you know, FCS opponent. So, Purdue mm-hmm. um, looking okay. How about Illinois, though? Bielema goes and beats Scott Frost in, uh, you know, first game, and then they lose to UTSA 37-30. to 30. Illinois get a Illinois. <laughs> Illinois get uh, Illinois. That's right. Bielema, though, I thought he, I thought he had something rolling. I don't know. We'll see. Saw um, that hype video, man. After that win, I thought they were going on. Dude, that, <laughs> that locker room video is fire. <laughs> How about uh, that uh, Maryland West Virginia? Yep, Maryland won. Right? What was the score on that? Thirty twenty four. Oh, okay. That's, is West Virginia I mean, supposed to be good? I don't know. Yeah. Do we know? I mean, they're solid program i don't think yeah. they're just nothing you know so yeah. that's a that's a big win for maryland who's had you know really struggled in the past few yeah. years um and then i mean just around the country outside of the big 10 to uh zach charbonnet ucla went in beat uh lsu, beat LSU. yeah wow i kept trying to put money on that game but the barstool sportsbook kept like it wasn't going through yeah. for me I forgot to bet on it before the game started, but I was going to, I wanted to pick UCLA. I like that Dorian Thompson Robinson. I remember he almost came to Michigan and then obviously Charbonnet, man, want to support him, but uh, they look good, man. That tight end for, for UCLA is pretty solid also. Yeah. Charbonnet, 11 carries, 117 yards, average 10.6 yards a carry. It's pretty good. Dorian Thompson Robinson, nine for 15 for 260 and three TDs. UCLA looking like they're, uh, they're okay. Um, Might they they win the Pac-12? They could. Well, now that it, well, the other big one is Washington lost to freaking yeah. Montana. All of yeah. a sudden this oh, game, geez. this next week was, you know, people thought it would be a top 20 matchup or something like that. Nope. I mean, that is a lose, lose situation for Michigan. What lose, lose. If they don't fucking embarrass them or blow them out like they did Western Michigan is going to get hate. Yep. Like you, you lose that game on prime time. Harbaugh's fucking getting ripped. Yeah. And if you win a close one, you just barely beat a team that fucking lost to Montana. I mean, there's, there's, there's no, there's no win coming out of that game. 100%. Yeah. It, it takes the, the, the luster out of, uh, out of the game next week a little bit. I mean, we'll right. still be there and I'm going to pound a million trulies, but, um, <laughs> A million. One million billion. <laughs> uh, um, but uh, it's going to be list a list. those photos, man. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> my drunk face Moving yesterday on. was 
on another level. That was incredible. It was, in, it was, it was bad, bad look. <laughs> I didn't realize, you know, those times when you're like, oh, you're a decent looking guy. And then you like see a picture of you and you're just like, damn, I am ugly as shit. Oh, <laughs> that, was, that was one of those situations. How can uh, one human look this fucking gross? I don't understand. <laughs> People saw me like this in public. <laughs> oh, it's okay. We were, we were playing games last night and Heather was like, took a video and, um, like it was, it was me at the end and I was sitting in the chair, like not the most flattering position for myself. And I was like, Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. I gotta get, I gotta work out tomorrow morning. Let's do that. Get that on the books. Take your ass right to the gym after you Fuck see that yeah. picture. Jesus, man. Um, last night, crazy game, not because of points, but just because of, of everything. Georgia beats Clemson 10, three. I mean, Go that's dogs. a huge win for Georgia. That, Shouts those, out to the, FanDuel Sportsbook. <laughs> Did you what bet did on they that? Do? Yeah, what did they do? They paid me like a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> Huge I, did, I did I did bet on that game as well. Only a dollar just to, you know, keep my eyes on it. But yeah. I, I bet Georgia. I, I like Georgia, man. That's right. Love it. Love it. Um, I mean, that's Jack huge. Said- literally but, jack said to me like i'm bet on georgia tonight i went and did it like right then and there so yeah shouts out jack i think everybody there had money on georgia so was, that was uh that was a fun little uh fun little time watching that game is clemson's run over are they done no is they're clemson gonna done? win the ac they're gonna win the acc and go to the college football playoffs so i guarantee it maybe maybe not i don't know i don't know those are the games that georgia usually loses though Right. They right. like lose by a, a touchdown or only get shut out or only right. score three points or something like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, listen, here's the thing. Alabama still put up ridiculous numbers on Miami. So yeah, I don't think anybody's gonna beat them. They look unreal. Um, but still, uh Texas beat Louisiana Lafayette handily. Iowa State, Matt Close Campbell one. only sixteen to ten over northern Iowa. So wow. The soup fans out there, I don't know. What are you? What are all all the soup fans thinking? Are they still on the soup train, or is he? Is that cooled off a little bit? I'm curious. I I, I haven't seen much from Wolverine Corner, but I might need to check it out see if he put anything out about it. But uh, I don't know, man. I think I I still think Matt Campbell's a good coach. I think Iowa State's a good team. I think I think they'll come out of it. I think it was a fluke game. I don't know. I think they just came out flat. Who knows why? But I mean, you you still got uh, Brock Purdy, Brees Hall bunch of all americans on that team i think it was a fluke game we'll see we'll see what happens i think they play iowa coming up pretty soon is it next oh, week? really i think I so know. so Maybe. we'll we'll see that that'll be an interesting game after how iowa played this week mm-hmm. um oregon uh only beat fresno state by a touchdown too pac-12 yeah. is a clusterfuck i mean if you see UCLA, ucla right now yeah i mean usc is pretty sweet too they're a top 10 yep. team as well so That'll be a fun uh, rivalry game to watch. USC yeah. Australia this year, for sure. And then Oklahoma ranked second in the country. Fuck, almost, <laughs> almost blew it to Tulane, dude. Holy shit, Tulane playing for the uh, uh, hurricane or something, I guess. That's dude, they were um, they were a yard short from keeping that drive going and possibly winning that game. Yard short on fourth scrambled. down. Yeah. Yeah. The QB scrambled. And if he just – he, like, didn't reach the ball out. He kept it tucked. If he reaches the ball out, they probably get it. Um, and then from Friday to uh, North Carolina got beat. I, yep. They looked like – Sam Howell did not look good against Virginia Tech. The one mm-hmm. thing I, I thought from that game, too, 
Virginia Tech enter Sandman. Holy shit, is that electric? That was so that unreal. Makes, that was unreal. That makes me want to bring up something. I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, Brandon Brown and Chris Breiler mm-hmm. had Jalen Mayfield on on their podcast, and they yeah. did a Twitter Live thing, and they put something up. They asked him about uh, Mr. Brightside in the third quarter, and Mayfield made it sound like the players hate hearing that. Like really? they want a song that gets them hyped up. I know, I know the fans love it. Like we all love it. I love it, but. If the players aren't like loving that and getting hyped up about it, gotta make a change. Well, guess what? There's a hundred other songs that get played every, you know, during the game. So there are I have songs. a hot take about this. Oh man. That oh, is a hot man. take. It's about the football team, though. You gotta you gotta get those guys going. That's the whole I did, point, right? I disagree. I disagree. Wow. Listen. listen okay. Here's here's my take on that. If you're a college football player. You shouldn't need music to get hyped for a college football game. I, hey, 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 now, I agree. I completely agree with that. But if the players are sitting here saying, like, dude, come on, can we put something else on? You kind of got to listen to the players a bit there. So here, here's my hot take right. about Mr. Brightside. So I would say that Mr. Brightside playing it in the third quarter is probably the newest thing that, like, the university has embraced as, like, a thing they do, right? Yeah, 100%. Yep. So the newest thing that we can do is play a 20-year-old song <laughs> for 18-year-old kids. That says a lot about That is uh, true. about it's, the University it, of Michigan. That's correct. I mean, it is a Don't great get me wrong, song. It is a banger. It's a banger. That song I like the banger, song too. But like, yeah. But I uh, I do I, and believe me, I was a fan of it. I I was a fan of playing in the third quarter. I look forward to it. But when when you hear a player say how much that it did either they just don't enjoy it or it makes no difference to them kind of makes me want to want to send something out to them be like hey what would you guys like to hear kind of thing they want to hear that new uh champagne poppy hey throw it up i mean, mean like virginia tech is bought into enter sandman the fans love it the players love it everybody gets hyped and it's like an entrance kind of song like maybe you put mr brightside halftime beginning of i don't know i don't know i think it's still like a michigan thing that they that they should keep going because the fans love it but also you know maybe give the players something else too i don't know just something to talk I'll, about i'll say this at the pep rally the football players requested crank that so love it love it that's a 20 year old song too <laughs> but it's it's not mr Brightside. literally there are memes out there saying it gets the white people going at a party you know like <laughs> Come on, I now. I was white as shit dancing to crank I, that soldier boy at my middle school dance. Yeah, what so you was mean? your grandma too? I mean, that song was everywhere. <laughs> yeah, crank that's fire. Everybody loves a little bit of crank that, a little bit of soldier boy. You know, I you think both maybe a little get silly. Maybe maybe you, get silly. You can't there. say that crank that's like this great, like really hype song. And Mr. Brightside's is not not. If it gets the players going, I am I am all for it. That's all Listen, I'm saying. That's you all know I'm what? Saying. I'm. No, I, I can't agree with you. That's like that's like is me that some, coming to your game. I don't game. know if that's the filter. Is are those some blue hairs you got on there, bro? It's hard to <laughs> blue hair? hard to hard to tell. Sound like a blue hair. Oh that's really <laughs> funny, dude. That's really funny. <laughs> oh man. Listen. That's, that that listen. was my piece. I just had to get that out there. All right. Well, you know what? If you're a player, you shouldn't be listening to anything other than the coaches, okay? Listen to Jim Harbaugh. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Roe took a complete 180. 
hate him. Don't don't disrespect Mr. Brightside in front of in front of Justin Rowe. Exactly. <laughs> Fuck. The only thing we got going for us in terms of a decently new tradition. So <laughs> otherwise, we're gonna play fucking the band. The band is gonna play forever and ever and ever. And we'll never okay. do anything fun. If if that's the two options, then of course I'm gonna take Mr. Brightside. Yeah. See, All we right. just need the band from like uh, the movie Drumline. And then oh, there you oh, go. Yeah. Love it. There you I'm go. here for it. I'm here for it. Okay, so question. I and my mind's a little fuzzy here. Tennessee played week zero, right? On a Thursday night. Or did they play this past week on a Thursday night? They this played week. week one. Okay, so they've only played one game so far. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just wasn't sure. I wasn't because I know we talked about Charbonnet, but I wasn't sure if Milton played again and curious to see how that went. But we've got oh, a yeah. no, we that. That was that was this past Thursday. That which we let's talk about that. Joe Milton, not good. Not, not good. Not great. He, you, he made the small like throws, but that was like 50, really 50% completion rating. <laughs> and uh yeah, I, I saw something. I think uh he had a couple of read option runs for touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, he's yeah. he's got some I the best tweet I saw out there was Barstool Big Cat. Where he said, he said, (laughs) if Joe Milton wants to throw it 40 yards, he'll throw it 40 yards. If Joe Milton wants to throw it 30 yards, he'll throw it 40 yards. (laughs) All he knows is to throw it 40 yards. That fucking made me laugh, man. We saw that too many times last year. Uh, Yeah, and it was spot on. That's spot on. It is. It was so good. So I don't know. I he said I saw some somebody tweet it out. uh, It was one of the Michigan accounts. I can't remember, but like. He had like the worst stats of any Tennessee opener in the history of uh, of any QB. Um, wow, jeez. So, yeah, it, it was like it was not good. Um, mm. So I I don't think uh, that he I, I don't think we're missing him. I I mean I but I also no, I think Cade's an upgrade for sure. But then okay, here's my question about this, and I don't want to live in the past, but. What the hell is Josh Gaddis seeing in him over Dylan McCaffrey at that point? Then, like, I, I don't get that part, you know. know. And maybe McCaffrey's not there either because did, I didn't see what he did at. Uh, I didn't watch that either. But like for me, like every time we saw McCaffrey play at Michigan, it seemed like he had solid drives. And then either the only reason he came out was because he got hurt. It really is a head scratcher because we we put Dylan in a number of times. And like you're saying, he got hurt, but when he was in, he, he was really like well. making plays. Yeah. yeah. So then I'm kind of like, what, like, why would you pick this guy over the other guy? I, I don't see it. Yeah, I don't know. It's a mystery. I don't get it, but I I'm, I'm glad that it looks like we have two good options at quarterback. I'm glad that it looks like Cade. I, I, I would have been really, you know, frustrated if Cade all of a sudden like wasn't, going to be a, a great QB. Not that I think he's going to be great, but if he like struggled yesterday, I think everyone would have been like, now what do you do? You, do, yeah. you, do you have to like throw JJ into the fire, you know, and, and have him make some, some young mistakes, but let, let the talent shine through. Um, so I'm really glad that Cade came out and played well so that he can solidify. Yes, he is the QB one. You know, I think it it solidifies everything that Jim Harbaugh said over the past month, how he was just harping on him being QB1. And he's a starter. He's, you know, by far the best guy. Um, So I'm happy about that. Um, The other thing, hey, we had a great tailgate yesterday. Fantastic tailgate. 
Shout out to everyone. Awesome. Shout I was out able to be there. So you got to tell me about the tailgate. What happened? How yeah. was it? You know, was it good? People have fun. People show up. Let's hear about this thing next weekend. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be there, but it I got to hear about this. It was a blast. I think we have about 10 Trulies left out of like 300. Um, so we, we did a great job of running through that. Um, we had a lot, shout out to a lot of people that came through, you know, we had a lot of Dawson from Michigan insiders was there. Um, after he came on the podcast a few weeks ago, um, it was great to meet him in person. Uh, Don Thomas came through a little bit. Um, you know, we had a lot of people uh, out there that, uh, that came through. And so I know, I know to, our guy from, uh, U of M graphics. I can't remember yep, his name. Nolan, but Nolan from Nolan, U of M yep. graphics. Nolan yep, rolled he through. came through with Dawson. Great to meet him as well. Um, so it, it was fun. I, you know, honestly, I want, I hope more people show up next week, you know? So yeah, I, I think it was, we had probably 50 to 60 people there. Um, you know, people came through and left, you know, as well. Um, yeah. but I think that, you know, with the noon game and it being Labor Day, you know, all that stuff. Um, but we had, a, we were right in the uh, Chrysler arena parking lot. So come through if you're, if you're looking to tailgate next week or any game, we'll be there every home game. Um, we've got a pretty damn good setup. If I, if I had ever have to pat myself on the back, I'll, I'll pat myself on the back <laughs> for a setup here. Um, so we got great music, the biggest speakers you'll find um tv so you can watch the uh watch the games next week we'll we'll have the tv so we can watch the noon and the 330 games um and then um uh, you know we'll obviously we will have the uh the main of the main event at 8 p.m as well but with it being an, a, a night game and having you know eight hours all day to to tailgate i hope a lot of people come through um because we had a blast playing games and cornhole and flip cup and all that stuff um but uh you know i i hope we just keep i want to have like a, a flip cup game that's like seven tables long that's that's the goal <laughs> that's the goal that would be interesting yeah um so shout out to kaylin for helping out with pizza and uh and setting up and all that stuff too as well as steph yes, appreciate sir, that um so yeah, but we we had a great time. It was like for for it being a noon game, we got after it. I'll say that too. So I was I was talking to Matt too. Um, awesome, our truly rep guy. Awesome dude. Great oh, time. Yeah. Sounds like he's going to be at every tailgate. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to shotgun some Trulies next uh, next weekend. I'm oh, very yeah. excited for that. Oh yeah, yep. He's the man. Um, yeah. Shout out to Truly in general for the sponsorship. Like we we appreciated the hell out of it. They they brought you know, a bunch of gear giveaways. So we had, you know, we had pom-poms, uh, we had koozies, we had footballs to give away. Uh, we had a lot of different stuff, champagne, mimosas. We had truly, we had liquor, we had the shot ski, we had the beer bong. We had, I mean, th- th- there was really nothing that you, you needed there. Um, pizza, <laughs> chips, food, dip, all that stuff. So um, I hope to, I hope we get cleaned out next week. That's what I hope, honestly. It's um, a goal. I don't want to bring anything home. That's my goal. (laughs) (laughs) So now today is spent uh, unpacking the truck, which is always, you know, a nightmare. And it's, it's always interesting thing, you know, with the things you find as well. (laughs) We also had some great Western fans join us. They were, uh, they were very fun. Yeah. We did a little post game tailgate as well. Um, So it was, it was fantastic. I ended up, passing out at 6 p.m. and not waking up till 3 a.m. So that's a sign of a good time. Oh, good, good. Um, 
All right. So uh, let's see. We'll, uh, you know, we'll put out another podcast here this week uh, to preview Washington, talk a little bit more about that game. You know, we'll talk about things I'm sure we're going to hear from the coaches. You know, usually they do a Monday presser um, with the coaches and with uh, some players and stuff like that. So we'll see what Jim has to say about the team uh, and then we'll give our reaction. Um, We might have some guests on here too. Um, We'll have to see what we can line up, but other than that, uh, did you guys have anything to talk about? Uh, anything more for after week one? I think I'm all set. Cool. All right. Taylor? Yeah, nothing for me. No. Nothing. There you I go. thought I heard you breathing. I thought, I thought I, you, were, you were ready to go. I thought he was Sorry. breathing in, ready to give us a hot take or something. Well, now oh. that you asked me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What other song do you like? <laughs> <laughs> Only Mr. Brightside. That's it. <laughs> um. All right. Sounds good. Well, uh, I mean, all in all, Michigan Stadium is back. The big house is back. Michigan football is back. The fans are back. Man, it was fun. It was it was just, you know, a good feeling, dude. It was that was two years of waiting. That was so, so nice to to finally come the anticipation. And now the anticipation for a night game is even bigger. So I oh, think yeah. everyone's going to be in town. It's going to be it's going to be fun. So uh, come on out and, and support. And, uh, and I look forward to drinking with drinking it truly with all of you. Um, other than that, we will see you later on this week. That was Blue by 90 presented by Truly. You can follow us at Blue by 90 on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook at Blue by 90 podcast on YouTube as well. Uh, Other than that, go blue. Go blue. Go blue.